take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on a couple synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do, create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode... That'd be you. That would be also you as well, (laughs) simultaneously. So um, today, we are talking about the parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know those... uh, those couples out there or those wives who are like, you know, they've got two children and a husband and they say they actually have three children? Yes. Yeah, right. Well, that actually is a true thing. And vice versa. Right. But we're going to talk about that. But I wanted to read a review, which is really cool. This review says it's all about relationships. I've learned so much and have done so much reflecting in my life after listening. I highly recommend subscribing. Nice. Five-star review. Very helpful. This podcast always brings wonderful insight into helping relationships with everyone around you. I love listening to you and all of your wonderful guests. Cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. And and we just... Um, we're over 206,000 wow. uh, unique downloads, which is really cool. It's <laughs> very cool. It's really cool. And, you know, for all of you out there, if any of you are interested in being guests on our show, if you have a interesting relationship story, just email us at contact at couplesynergy.com, and we would definitely love to interview you. Yeah, most people that are on our podcast now are people we've never met which is really cool. Yeah. Of, all over the world. All over the world. Yeah. And and it's really interesting to hear relationship stories around the world that have similar elements. Mhm. Right? They just kind of break beyond cultural barriers and they resonate the same kind of relationship behaviors and you know, nuances that we talk about in this podcast. Yeah, I was thinking about that because we um, have been listening to the records, some vinyl. And the songs are so much more about love than modern music. And I think that's kind of interesting that uh, people found a desire to sing about that. Well, we should probably clarify that we're listening to really old, old music. Records when records were all there was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are records that you get at uh, thrift stores yes. and antique stores mm-hmm. and everything. So 
it's uh, very interesting, yes, yeah. to hear, um, like... Like, did we kill love? Is love gone? <laughs> Our society? You know, you're talking about different cultures and that we all want the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was thinking today, it really is amazing that anyone actually falls in love. I think that the Hollywood and Disney love concept or concepts of love, that is has been debunked. Yeah, talk about parent-child. They take a child mm -hmm. and usually both are ch children and they fall in love with them happily ever after. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> there the end. there the is end. work involved. And, you know, speaking of work involved, the parent-child relationship, which is our topic for today, is something that all couples start with. Right. That's our first template. In the review, someone said that they reflect on things in their life. And it's very difficult to reflect on the parent-child relationship. <clears throat> and when we start working with a couple, that's the first place we go to. We want to see what was that like. Right. What did they learn? What was their template life of relationships like? Not just their parents, but their grandparents and their aunts and uncles, you know? So, yeah, think, think out there. Your first relationship template that is demonstrated to you is parent-child. You as the child, your parent, demonstrating your first definition of relationship. So that is imprinted on you. And then when you get into a committed partnership, that's what you project onto the relationship as parent-child. Sometimes you're the child, sometimes you're the parent, and both partners flip-flop that back and forth until they figure out, which most people don't, how to evolve into an adult-adult relationship. And it's very difficult to see it because it's all you know. When you're growing up, you don't know what it's like in someone else's house. And your partner grew up in a different house. And you think this is the way because that's what happened in your house. And they think this is the way because that's what happened in their house. And then you come together and you're like, huh, it's not the way. And you have I, to I don't your think own way. that realization happens no, no. right off the bat. Right. No, I think frustration happens. Frustration right off the bat. and resentment and mm -hmm. uh, power struggle. Why are you not behaving the way I've noticed everyone else yeah, like behaves in the world? You should be doing things the way that I do it, mm -hmm. right? Because this is what was taught to me. And then you get into this power struggle with your partner. First of all, it starts out as being very cute. You know, you think it's cute. But then as you start investing more in the relationship and spending more time with your partner, it doesn't become cute anymore. It actually becomes kind of annoying. And if you're very connected to your family and you're talking about your relationship to people in your family, they're going to think you're right. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how they did it. Sure. And, you know, you're turning to them because you know they're going to support you. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're not actually going to get any good guidance from someone you're turning to for for validation. You know, we were watching a show the other day, 
about um, drinks. Oh, it was Drink Masters. Drink Masters. And one of the episodes, cool they show. paired up two bartenders together. And one of the pairs was these two guys, and they both kind of rolled their eyes when they realized this person was going to be their partner because they felt like they had strong egos. Right. And that they would clash. Mm. And one of the things that they did is they each focused on their strengths. Mm-hmm. And one brought, I think, the visual, and the other one brought the flavor, and they won. Yeah. Where they were failing as individuals. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about mixologists. Mixology. Ooh, <laughs> a couple mixing together. Yeah. Creating an equal balance, otherwise known as synergy. <laughs> ding, ding. I remember, like, you giving me feedback early in our relationship whenever we would spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. And I would behave in a way that I would behave around them from when I used to live with all of them. Right. And it was, I guess, a big contrast for you to see that. And you'd be like, why do you do that around your family? Mm-hmm. And I... I did the same thing too. I mean, there were behaviors yeah. that I was doing around them that, you know, existed because that was the role that I filled or I was taught, you know, growing up. And then, you know, when we came together, we created different roles. And so to see that contrast when you're around your family of origin, it, it's very, uh, you know, jarring, really. Well, the only way to see it is someone reflecting it back to you, like your partner. Mm hmm. That's why I'm saying it's very difficult to reflect on this topic in your own life and to see the patterns and behaviors that have been there that just look like, well, that's how the world is. And you're like, wow. Right. When when you are acting like a parent mm-hmm. towards your partner, you don't see your family of origin behaviors that you were taught at play. You don't see it in real time. Likewise, you don't see your partner's behaviors that they were taught growing up in real time also it's really hard to see that all you see is the frustration and the anger that you have and you just get into this stalemate versus being able to pull yourself out of the relationship and and see it for what it is and see this 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 pattern that is playing out that existed way before the two of you even met. And probably before you were even born. Because your parents learned it somewhere, mm-hmm. and their parents learned it somewhere. And it's really interesting to have that perspective or that insight in your history. You know, if you look at who in your family, how did they make decisions? Your aunts and uncles, your grandparents, your mom's side of the family and your dad's side of the family how did they get together and what does that dance look like and it's so complex i love doing that that first session where we're diving into that it is so we've done it so many times it's Mm -hmm. so clear to me when we do that like oh wow you know some families boys and girls are treated differently in some families there's a power differential where one parent makes more decisions than the other parent yeah. And the other parents weren't passive. All sorts of interesting things. Well, it, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fascinating to, 
hear, you know, what, what is going on and to know the pattern right off the bat. It, it even it comes down to our staff when we are supervising them and they give us just a little snippet about what is going on, you know, with the couple. And then all of a sudden we're able to pull out this is what's going on. That's what's going on. And they're like, it, it's like you were in the room with us. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, we have worked with so many couples that we can see it. We can see those patterns that come up. And ultimately, what each person within the relationship has to work on for themselves. We're like the relationship whispers. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage whispers, right. Yeah, and when you're acting like the parent, especially the, not the approving, loving, accepting parent. No, you're acting no. No, the admonishing, <laughs> controlling. Frustrated. Yeah. Why is this child not behaving? Right. And, and then the child, what does the child have to do? What's their role? It's to rebel. Right. And so now you get into this, this pursuer, distancer, this power struggle between the two. And the fun part is you both think you're right. So whenever we meet a couple for the first time, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing them go, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Uh, and, and they're like, I'm going to tattle on you. And we sit and we just laugh because we really know what's going on, the, yeah. that bigger picture, which is great because, I mean, you don't know anything new until you learn something new. You only know what you know. So until you get there and can have someone else take a look at that, and you can start seeing and working on your piece, it's very hard to see. And this is exactly the reason why people who get um, end a relationship recreate the same relationship with a different person. Because they didn't learn the lesson. Yeah, they're on autopilot. Yeah, and then they're just going to repeat mm -hmm. with someone else and attract Kind of the same thing into the relationship. The specifics are going to be different, but the power struggle, the the pattern, the the parent-child issues are going to be the same. So in the same way, like, you know, at some point in your life, you learned how to tie your shoes. And you've been tying them that way ever since. And then if someone comes along and says, oh, well, I tie my shoes like this, you'd be like, hmm, that's weird. And if you try to do it, it would be awkward and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then if you mastered it, you might even say, wow, this is a way better way to do it. Yeah. Or you might be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the way that I'm doing it. Why does it take you 25 minutes to tie your shoes? Yeah. And those are the things that are the beauty of being in a relationship with someone who was raised in a different home mm -hmm. by different people. And... You know, one thing that's interesting is that everything is made up. Whatever traditions your family does, however they are in the world, someone just decided that one day. And, you know, just to clarify here, we're not saying that your way or your partner's way is right. No. And you got to figure out who's right. No, that's that's part of the same dance of that parent-child you know, like it, your your partner becomes an opponent versus a teammate. And what we're talking about here is finding our way. It's it's the two of you Not combined. our way, like me and yours way. Yeah, is right. That, is that proper, me and yours? Yeah. <laughs> but they're the us, the couple that's O-U-R. Right. 
right? And they have to figure that out together. And maybe, you know, the couple adopts one of the person's upbringing, you know, their way, and and they incorporate that into their relationship. But it is something that the two decide together, create together, merge together. Whenever we're working with a couple, the one person always wants to work on the other person. They think, you know, if they would just change, I would be fine. And it's so funny because it's absolutely not that. So we're not saying anyone's right or anyone's wrong. Mm -hmm. We're actually saying you're both right and you're both wrong. Yeah. And it's a 50-50. It's always a 50-50. And sometimes you see this with inexperienced marriage therapists that they actually try to pick a side of an issue and get the other person to change. And it's absolutely ridiculous because each of you have something very important that you brought to this relationship and it is all valuable. It's, it's like parrot therapy. Yeah. You know, the, the therapist is like, did you hear what your husband said? And then, did you hear what your wife said? And then just repeating back. Yeah. It's like, it's not effective no. what you're doing uh-uh. at all. And and then it it's just, not even about it. No, and it just riles up the couple and they just get more and more frustrated and try to get the therapist more on their side. It's, uh Yeah. We, you know, and, and probably if we hadn't gotten married and we hadn't, decided a better way to do this, we'd do the same thing. I think it's inevitable. Yeah. You know, when you don't have any training in the field, you're thrown into a situation with a couple that is locked into this parent-child struggle, and all you're doing is you just, you keep, you get pulled into it. Yeah. And then all you're going to do is going to sit there and you're going to support the parent whoever the parent is at whatever point, right? Yeah. And then you're just, all you're doing is just admonishing the other person and making them feel shame for what they're doing. It, this is this is what keeps that pattern, you know, instilled in a lot of couples. And it just keeps getting ingrained more and more and more. And it's really hard for a couple to get out of it. But that's really, otherwise, if they can't break that cycle of the parent-child and grow into an adult-adult egalitarian relationship, then typically, if they don't leave each other, then they create parallel lives. They create these lives where they are just backed off from each other. They don't interact with each other. They do their own thing. And, you know, in in the back of their head and, you know, the back of their breath, they are, you know, resentful towards their partner. I remember doing that with you. Specifically around driving. No. Oh, Cause you yeah. always drive. Yeah. And sometimes you might be in the left lane and I know we have a right turn coming up mm-hmm. and I would feel the need to say something Mm -hmm. like we got to get over. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just had a thought one day, like, you know, if I'm not in the car, you seem to get to where you need to go. So maybe I shouldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes you do miss the turns. Yep. It happens. Just happened the other day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, what was my need to have to tell you how to drive? Mm. You know, and I find that really interesting when I'm driving someone like your parents to the airport or someone else, like they get really uncomfortable if you don't go the way that they're used to going. Yeah. Like, why are you going this way? (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's another way. And we all do that. We all, we know what works for us and we really don't like change. And so it's really hard because if you do try to understand your partner and where they're coming from and just be curious if their way is effective or maybe even better, then you have to risk. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be uncertain. And that, we don't like that. So we'd much rather convince them to do it our way. Well, it. I think it takes you being inquisitive because you have to ask the question, why does your partner choose to do things this way or that way? It's more of a a place of understanding. You're trying to understand your partner versus judge them for their choice and what they want to do. You know, it might even go deeper than that. It might go to, well, when I was a kid and I was told this way, I actually got in trouble for doing it that way. Oh, yeah. It could be like, it could bring up like a fear. Shame. Oh, you're doing that wrong and that's scary. Shame. Right. I remember that when we were dating and... um. We went to go buy some beer and you liked one kind and I liked a different kind. So we were kind of trying to, I think you more in particular were like, oh, we should get something we both want. Mm -hmm. And then I said, why, why do we have to choose? You just get what you want and I'll get what I want. And it was like, oh, what an idea. You know, and it was like that, that was a good idea that was different instead of you might go well, we should only buy X amount and we don't need two. So why should we do that? And But it really depends on what you heard as a kid. Yeah, all the rules, the mm-hmm. unwritten rules around how you do things and why you do things. Now, from time to time, we'll ask couples about pizza. Yeah. Right? That's like a very old question that we've asked. But, Maybe you know, pizza for dinner. Oh, yeah. So we'll ask, you know, what is it that you like on your pizza? We'll ask each of them. And typically, both of them like different things. Right. Like you like pineapple and Canadian bacon. Sometimes. Sometimes. And there are a lot of people that are very offended by that out there. If I could have it my way, I like shrimp. But most shrimp, places don't have it. Shrimp and ricotta cheese. Yeah. Oh, yummy. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, <laughs> unique. And so, you know, we'll ask each person what they get on their pizza. If they were to get their own pizza, you know, they're home alone, they wanted to order pizza, what do you get? What's your favorite? And typically, each person in the couple has something different that they would get. But then we ask them, when you guys order together, what do you get? And typically, it's a compromise. It's not something that either one would get. So let's say if I like shrimp and ricotta and you like pineapple and Canadian bacon, we would get a pepperoni pizza. (laughs) Right, right. That's a great example of what they would do. And, And, you know, it's... It's not, that's not the kind of uh, 
synergy we're talking about here. Right? Synergy this, Yeah, is, this is what led us to records, the vinyl. Yeah. Because you always had the Bluetooth and the Spotify or whatever you listened to. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like it was on the wavelength I wanted to feel. And I was used to records. And then we learned more about analog and stuff and started doing that. And it's it's hard to listen to records. You got to get up and flip them. Well, not not just that. You have to you have to listen through songs that you have no idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Because it's an entire album, and you maybe there's two or three songs on the entire album that you know. Yeah. And the rest of them are songs you've never heard before, and and maybe even songs you don't even like. But you gotta you gotta grin and bear it. Yeah. Right. And go through it. And what we found is that if you compare listening to vinyl with digital, it feels more soulful. Yeah. Like there, there's just full body and and more emotion to it and there's more beauty in it, which is why we tolerate the uncomfortable stuff. But to- So are are we saying that like a parent child relationship is like a digital relationship or digital wavelength and then creating that that yeah. equal relationship adult adult relationship is like that true wave sound of vinyl yeah because if you can listen to spotify i don't think anyone's ever made that, <laughs> that analogy before ever if you listen to spotify you can create a playlist mm-hmm. you can know every song on that playlist yeah you can hear exactly what you want to hear in the moment you want to hear it right then and there. But nothing new ever bumps into you. There's no way for something, you know, if you're listening to a radio and there's a, a DJ, they're going to play a song maybe you've never heard. Uh, we we heard that yesterday. Yeah. We turned on the radio for the first time in a long time. Well, we live in the mountains, so there's not always a lot of radio. But we heard a song by Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll? Who's Jelly Roll? We had to look it up. <laughs> Gosh, we're so old, actually. We're dating ourselves Boomer. now. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, jeez. I, I hope they're saying, oh, that sounds like me, too. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'm up there as well. But those are I don't interesting know what our demographics things. Are. That if we control everything, Right, mm-hmm. the digital world is controlled. The parent-child relationship is controlled. You know it. Yeah. What we're talking about is an adventure into something new, the unknown. Yeah, and that's the reason everything is better when you find that. And that's why if you have very diverse genetics from your partner, you're going to have healthier children. Hmm. Because in the purebred stuff, the stuff that wins out isn't always the best stuff, right? Your genetics will tend to have more illnesses if you're with someone genetically similar than mm-hmm. if you have that diversity. And so that's what we're we're kind of saying is get out of that rut, the rut that you actually learned in your childhood that you didn't even know you learned it. And so did your partner. And that's what creates the friction, and, and that friction leads to smoothing out the edges and making something nicer. And, and this is where not taking things personally really comes into play. Huge. Right, because if you see your partner acting like a parent, 
to you or or they're acting like a child to you before you take that personally you got to take a step back and and ask yourself the question about where this is coming from this is this is old programming that is happening here and something has brought about this old programming and instead of just diving into your old programming really take a step back you and your partner and really start asking the questions like what is what is bringing this up for both of us here and i promise you you can't see it and neither can your partner and when we show it to people and they realize what they're doing they 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 still feel like there's a right yeah it's so hard to get you know we were talking about this the other day it's it's we're not talking about issues mm Issues are like toilet seat up, toilet seat down. Yeah. Who's paying the bills? Who's doing the dishes? Those are issues. We're talking about healing. Mm. We're talking about, you know. Reprogramming. Our, yeah. Yeah. Reparenting and reprogramming. Because yeah. our brain doesn't know the difference between uh, learning something incorrectly that you get the right reward for, even though it's not correct or could be done different, versus really unhealthy behaviors you know so if you're a kid and you have parents who are very invasive and so you don't share things with them because they're judgmental or critical it's very easy to get into a relationship and just stop sharing you already stopped sharing a long time ago i think um eric Fromm calls that the babbling brook in the dead sea so the babbling book and they have to share everything and the Dead Sea just receives it, and it ends there. Empty. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing lives in there. And depending on what it was like in your home, you have those habits. Now, the Dead Sea would love to, at some point, I want to talk about me, me, me. What is that song? <laughs> By Toby Keith. Yeah. All we do By is talk you, about you. you. And <laughs> sometimes I want to talk, talk about, about me. me. So even if in the beginning of the relationship it's very comfortable for the babbling brook and the Dead Sea because the Dead Sea is worried about the empty space and who's going to fill that up and the babbling brook wants someone to listen to them. But if you're together long enough, that that behavior becomes very dysfunctional and that is a parent-child relationship. So we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy on the topic of the parent-child relationship. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, which we have a new weekend coming up, April 20th to the 23rd next year, 2023, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And on Tuesday nights, we're doing Facebook Live at 8 p.m. Central Time, except not next week. Right. So Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and LinkedIn Live on our Couple Synergy pages. So tune in for the next time that we are doing a live program. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Thank you.